Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and as always, alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been providing news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. Steve, welcome back. It's been more than a week since uh, a couple of weeks now since we last recorded a podcast we actually went ahead and, and went along with the Cup Series schedule, and we took an off week last week, and uh, I think we're well-rested and we're ready to go. And, um, man, this was – and I think we needed after, especially following along this race that happened on Sunday that turned into basically an all-nighter for us. You took an off week. I was here last Tuesday. <laughs> I sat here. Oh, I didn't I, see it. I stared at my computer for a couple hours thinking something was going to happen, and it didn't happen. Oh, well, it's kind of like Charlie Brown. (laughs) Well, I I would like to see the, I would like to see the outtakes from that. Maybe we'll get that one, that one posted, but yeah, like I said, welcome back. It it was, it was interesting having that week off, but that, yeah, then NASCAR goes back to Nashville super speedway with the cup series for the second time in a row. And uh, all I have to say, I I, I wanted to save this for later on, but um, my horrible idea that I think would be amazing now, based on what we saw this weekend with the rain and the concrete at Nashville, is that they need to tear up all of the pavement at Daytona International Speedway and replace it with concrete because all the rain delays that I've sat through at Daytona over the years, that concrete at Nashville seemed like it dried in like 15 minutes. So I say tear up the pavement at Daytona. Let's throw, throw the concrete down so that way we can get the show on the road. I didn't realize it. It actually does dry a lot faster. It dries super fast. It was insane. And even at night, it it was great. So um, I'm saying that, you know, just as a joke, because I don't want people uh, calling or tweeting or DMing me about how uh, that wouldn't be uh, the the place to do for uh, such a sacred place for racing. But man, you can't deny that the way that that stuff dried pretty quickly. And it happened, I think, ahead of the Xfinity series race. And then obviously during this race, we had a, had several weather de- delays and really only once where it really downpoured. Yeah. It was uh, kind of weird that uh, for qualifying on Saturday, we get to that, that yeah, part of it happened. And then I go to do something and come back figuring, okay, the round two and then rain. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't even know it was in the forecast. And then, you know, I just wasn't paying good enough attention to Bob. That's, that's yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> Bob, Bob had it out there on, on his, his Twitter for sure. And if you follow Bob Pockrass, you have to follow Bob Pockrass because he not only gives you everything you need to know about the race, uh, but he gives you the weather too. He finds, finds a good, accurate forecast. He'll put radars up and uh, we knew exactly what was going on uh, on Sunday. Uh, thanks to him. So I would have to say, you know, again, after that off week, I know the, the trucks raced at Knoxville, but after that off week there, going to Nashville from the truck series race to the Xfinity series race to the cup race, um, I think there's plenty of excitement, drama along the way. 
and uh, just overall good racing, and it was good to see. So why don't we just go ahead and jump into this uh, recap of Ryan Blaney's run over the weekend in the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. Yeah, what, um, they did uh, practice a little bit different this week. They did it Friday with qualifying Saturday, um, and it, it was kind of weird because it, it, it didn't look good. <laughs> it really just didn't look good. The, the Toyotas come out really strong. Uh, Bubble Walls look great in, in practice on Friday. Um, but Ryan's runs, you know, P 10, about five minutes in seven minutes in P 14, but it was only two, 2.232 back of, of the lead. So it was still close, but even like long range speed, you know, when they ran five and 10 lap averages, he was still like fourth or fifth best, which, you know, so we didn't top- really know what to expect either, because I mean, I know they were in a totally different car last year. But you have to remember, this is the race where they had some issues even before the race started. And then I think he had a brake failure. And so they mm-hmm. were out of the race real quick. So they've, you know, they had no notebook for the next gen car anyway, but they really had no notebook for this race at all. A lot of them were comparing things to Dover because Dover's concrete and it's just a bigger version of Dover as far as they were concerned. But even at that, you know, there's just, they were going to be shifting, which is a whole other thing too. So <laughs> Um, but about, um, 19 minutes into the second time out, he did get up to P six. So they went in, they made some changes they didn't change the tires per se. So they got quicker on, on tires, you know, so that, you know, they jumped up pretty good there. Um, 25 minutes in those one to 23 jumps up to P one. And I don't know if people were watching, but it shouldn't just jump up there. He was two tenths faster than the next car. And I thought, what they do a qualifying run or something. And it really wasn't, it was just, you know they were that much faster um yeah the toyotas as a whole were fast bubba wallace was probably the fastest car all mm-hmm. weekend long and um we'll we'll sh- see how that shakes out a little bit later yeah so when the practice ended uh, he was eighth fastest and it was uh 0.308 um t- tenths of a second back um of wallace once again so you know, and it was really Bubba was like, like I said, about two tenths ahead of the next car. So really the between second and eighth was all within like a tenth. So the, you know, he was pretty, pretty competitive to everybody else in the field at that point. Uh, qualifying Saturday, Ryan was in group B going out 17th in that group. Uh, the top five in group A ended up being the 11, the 99, the one, the 20 and the 19. Um, there were no Fords in that top five in the first group. So it was looking kind of scary right off the bat. Um, they get to group B, uh, the 18 spun it out in three and four, which, <laughs> you know, these guys are still, you know, they're to the going the best they can, but the cars are a little scary still. And he did back it into the wall too. Um, and Josh and Ryan basically discussed on the radio what happened there. So they kind of knew what not to do. Um, he says he was shifting and caught behind on the steering. He was like one handed in, in turns three and four trying to do his upshift. So. And I noticed at this point when Ryan does go out, he's got an in-car camera for the weekend, which is just awesome for me. Uh, <laughs> and group B's top five is the 22, the five, the nine, the 12 and the four. So there were three Fords that five made it in that group B, which was great. Um, and like I said, I went to go take care of the dog actually for a minute, figuring, okay. And they're going to do their, they, they're going to get a little break that they give them so that they can kind of equal out the adjustments and the time, everything cools and everything. And I come back and it was rain all over the place. <laughs> and from what I understand, it was like one little blip on the radar. 
Um, it was one of those situations where, again, I, I, I mentioned the rain delays we've been through all the time to where there was basically a 0% chance of rain, but uh, they somehow found the racetrack. The, the one rain cloud found the racetrack, and then it just kind of washes out the, the rest of qualifying. I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I, don't, I couldn't remember how it worked in this qualifying system, but um, luckily Ryan still ends up in, in the top 10. They don't just totally scrap all the times because all cars did at least make a run. Yeah, this is um, kind of a cool thing because they could have done it as done it by owner's points at that point or whatever, but they did everybody had completed a lap. So that's that's how they did it. Put all the times together. Um, P6 and the 11 on the pole. And I think the, the Joey was actually P2. So um, when you put all those times together, it meshed pretty good. They had, uh, even though they were fourth out of the, the group B, they were sixth best total. So um and we get to uh, race day. Uh, we got uh, stages of 90, 185, and 300, nine sets of tires. Uh, fuel run, they figure about 68 to 73 laps. And um, tire wear was kind of interesting. This, uh, they made sure that they didn't have a lot of wear or a lot of fall off. Um, so some of the pit strategies as the race goes on um, are more about just fuel than anything else. It's also worth noting that, and I think this might've been the first track they used the resin product on last year. I know that like PJ one was the big thing for the last couple of years. And this resin product is still made by that same company, but it works differently. And so they use it on the track last year. It had a lot of success this year. They actually used it from like, I guess in the turns from the bottom all the way up to the wall. And I would have to say, again, I talked about just briefly about the Xfinity and truck races being good, um, especially on restarts and things like that, you, God, you saw guys get up to, you know, four wide and in certain cases that didn't work, <laughs> uh, but it made things exciting. So I think the resin was successful again, uh, but um, just the way that the concrete tracks work with rubber and tire wear, and um, it's just a little bit of a different animal. They, uh, they uh, have pit stall 41, uh, which what's kind of interesting. I was reading about it and the way it was set up, it's the last pit stall on pit road and they could actually technically drive through boxes that were behind them. Even though there were two or three boxes behind them. Uh, there was no penalty if they went two or three boxes behind them. So this actually ended up being an advantage because um, you can come into the pit, hit that box, line yourself up the way you want to line up. The 47 was going to be the box in front of them. And uh, they really didn't have any issues going around that 47 uh, most of the race, which is good. Um, and not having to worry about anybody in front of you or uh, that you're getting in front of either is also pretty good. So, and uh, I've noticed they've done this a couple times now when they've not had pole position, um, but a good, good enough thing to pick. They've picked that one last one on pit road and it actually seems to work pretty well for them. Um, so that we get to the, uh, start here and after two laps, he shakes out the P nine. Uh, once again, these restarts, you know, the, there are some grip, but if one guy, just one guy in your line kind of gets a little squirrely and you're not able to get around him, um, it stacks up your line a little bit and, um, lot four, he's talking already about being tight in the center. So being in traffic it is mainly part of this as you notice when when the race went on as guys got uh, loose and got out front and got in the clean air they had no problem but um by lap 20 uh he's starting to catch the next three in front of him um and the 11's leading this whole time uh lap 22 he does pass the four car gets to eighth 
And um, he just mainly says he needs tightened up at this point. Uh, he says a couple of numbers, but I think he kind of backs off that a little bit. Um, lap 28, he passes the 22-2 to get to seventh. Lap 30, he's a little over 10 seconds back of the leader. So 30 laps, um, you know, seventh position. He's not real far back. Um, they're not checking out on him, basically. Uh, lap 35, he passes the nine car, gets to sixth. And uh, lap 40, uh, about 11 and a half seconds back of the lead. Um, but uh, about four seconds back of um, the fifth position, which is the five car. So it did kind of get spread out at this point. And, um, you know, it's harder to gain on somebody. And at lap 41, we get a caution for the 77, which then actually turns into a caution for lightning. Um, and it's kind of interesting because TV covers it. Okay, we've got a lightning strike. We have to be 30 minutes. Um, but it's actually better to go to Twitter <laughs> at this point because there was a second lightning, lightning strike and they told you right away on there that it's going to reset the clock and so yep. on and so forth. Um, and TV, like, kind of like, well, we're going to sh- talk to this person, talk to that person, talk and not necessarily let you know where they are in this delay. Um, but finally, I would have put a clock on the screen a countdown clock oh, That's yeah. i was thinking you know keep letting it reset yeah okay we're at 30 minutes and then a countdown oh we had another lightning strike reset at the 30 minutes and then you can see it you know like oh okay well this is the problem you know yeah and i, I would say um again just like all the other ray delays that follow us around we sat through plenty of lightning delays as well and while it can be frustrating when you're when you're at the track because it's like um, you know, the storm system is away from the track and yeah, you can see the lightning it's, but you have to be really careful. There was an incident at Pocono a few years ago where someone did lose their life, I think in the parking lot from a lightning strike at the racetrack. So NASCAR takes this very seriously. Um, I have to say much more seriously than a lot of the short tracks that I attend around here where, you know, we set our own, uh, lightning clock and go back to our car until we know it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is important and yeah, it can be frustrating when you're watching at home, uh, when it's not raining. Cause that's the biggest thing. That's the thing we always think about with, with weather delays and NASCAR it's because of rain. In this case, it was a storm system that was kind of skirting the racetrack, but we can't put the drivers and the crews and the fans at risk. So, um, I applaud them for that. And, uh, but it wasn't, unfortunately it wasn't going to be the, the only delay of the night. Yeah. Um, so I think it was about 645 Eastern time when they finally did get back to the cars. Um, and they go ahead and pit at this point. Uh, he was sixth going into pit and come out fourth. Um, first choose cone of this after this, the leader of the 11 took the bottom, Ryan took the bottom. And, uh, the one car as they were coming to the choose cone dove into the pit. So actually Ryan was P three, um, for this restart at lap 50, um, he does get passed by the four car on the restart and then we get a caution for the 48 and the 24 has an issue also. Um, you know, and this all happened really quick after yeah. the restart. So real bad lap for Hendrick motorsports, yeah. uh, losing two car, basically two cars. The Byron was able to come back, but I think he broke something in the steering and then the 48 actually had a super long pit stop and they were doing one of those. There's not a lot of adjustments you can do to these cars, but they're doing that one where they have to pull the hood up and mm-hmm. then actually make adjustments to the shock, uh, you know, through the engine compartment. So, you know, they, I guess it just started the race off really, really bad, uh, put a huge swing at it and then came out on the track. And I know there was some contact there between 
the 48 and uh, the seven of Corey LaJoy. So, and there's been talk about that this week as well. So <laughs> unfortunate for the car, you know, that they, they, they had the title sponsorship of the race and I'm sure Alex Bowman wanted to contend for a win there, yeah. but yeah, bad lap for Hendrick motorsports. Yeah. Yeah. The Corey LaJoy stuff was pretty funny. Once again, following Twitter, literally during the next delay, there's some things that go on between them. Um, so the staying out for this one here, the second choose going the leader, the 11 takes the bottom Ryan and P four takes the top. So starting in uh, row two, there restarting at lap 55, uh, sorts out the P four after the restart, uh, lap 59, he's talking about being too tight now. And, um, just, you know, once again, like I said, I think a lot of this is traffic and being a dirty air. Um, we get to, uh, a caution at lap 61 for the 42 and the 14, uh, both cars do drive off um, after hitting each other. So it looked for a second like they weren't, but then all of a sudden they just both started up and peeled off the track away from the safety trucks. So uh, once again, we're staying out here. The leader of the 11 takes the bottom. Ryan in fourth takes the top again. Restart. He sorts out to third this time as the 19 takes the lead. At lap 70, he's in third, and he's about two seconds back of the 19 and 1.3 back of the 11 car. And, um, you know, once again, clean air now. He's running better lap times in that clean air, hanging with those guys. Um, Ten laps later, he's still only about 3.7 back of the 19. Um, and the 19 and the 11 are actually battling up there near the front. Um, so lap 90, we get the end of the stage. 19 does win the stage. Ryan finishes third. Um, pretty good points, uh, right off the bat and it moved their way up in the field a little bit. So it looked like uh, pretty good there at the, at the beginning, uh, Jonathan and Ryan talk about loosening it up a bit, um, with the track cooling. Um, they do pit going in third, coming out third, uh, the 22 took two tires at this point, trying a little gamble there. So the 22 is the leader here for the choose cone. He takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom behind him. They restart laps 96 and uh, the 19 actually takes the lead. <laughs> um, Ryan works his way around the 22 and gets himself up to second. So this is at this point, I'm thinking, well, this is it. This is the day, way the rest of the day is going to go. We're going to have to chase this guy down all day and the Toyotas look strong, but at least Ryan's the top forward and, and, you know, maybe can make something happen. Um, at lap 100, he's uh, 0.25 back of the leader. Um, and he's a couple hundred faster than him hundreds not tenths you know but still you know enough to maybe if you run some consistent laps get there um at lap 110 he's 0.45 back and they're running equal times at this point and they're searching different lines so if you're watching um you know you get great coverage because he's running second and you know you're chasing the leader and you're close enough to the leader where something can happen but if you've got a chance to pull up the uh in car it's even better because the end car is off the front of the car, sometimes down low, but sometimes off the top of the car. And you can definitely see um, going into a turn where that car in front of them goes. And then the line you pick. And then when that car comes off of the turn, where does he come down when he comes off of the turn versus if you're running the lower line, where do you meet him? And there were a couple of times where you watched Ryan coming off a of two and he just got closer to him all of a sudden, you know, cause he just ran a better, better corner. It's really kind of a cool thing to watch. Um, once again, I'm all for them just, you know, putting all those channels out on, let's say, Peacock next year, and um, I'll buy my driver's channel, you know. Uh, lap 118, uh, we get a caution for the rain. Yep. And uh, Jonathan's like, uh, 
they were they were talking about doing the uh, here. This was just just a short, brief little thing, and he says uh, probably going to do red. I'm not sure what red was for the for their pit there. Ryan says 10-4. They're pitting in second. They come out second. Um, and uh, this was another 10 second stop. I wrote that down because all of them were right around 10. Yeah. Uh, you know, 9.5 or something like that is like the is the big number that a lot of guys are trying to get to. I think uh, they showed the pit stop of the week was was Logano and it was like 9.8 or something like that so you know right around 10 is really good stop as long as everything is you know on and in one piece uh Jonathan says he does the air pressure adjustment to three of the tires to keep balance so now we're getting that down to the point where we're like adjusting instead of one side or the other or front or rear we're adjusting three of four tires which is pretty yeah. pretty ama- pretty amazing when you yeah. think about it uh, the Chusco and the leader t- takes the top. So Ryan, of course, takes the bottom of this. They restart lap 125, and they're side by side for a couple of laps. And it's a really nice battle to watch because um, it, it looks like a couple different times that, uh, that uh, Truex is going to pull away and then come off the turn once again. Like I said, Ryan squares up with them going down backstretch and let's um, lead a lap. Yeah. You know, he, he did, he did get one there. So, you know, it's kind of cool. He got, you know, and then um, the 11 and the 19. Yeah, the 11 kind of joins the party and kind of messes things yeah, up. Yeah, he messes <laughs> it all up. And uh, lap 128, uh, then he gets kind of passed by those guys. So lap 130, the 18 gets by, and Ryan is P4 behind the three of the four Gibbs cars there. So, and he's talking about being plowing tight now. But you know what? He may have used up a lot of stuff dealing, trying to, you know, trying to race with those guys. Because the truth is, if you can get to the front, um, and then just run, tick off your laps and, and conserve yourself a little bit. You, you could be out there for a while as some of these guys prove, uh, lap one thirty one, he's back to P five as the 19 and the 11 are battling for the lead. Um, but you know, fifth place at this point is still 1.5 seconds back of first. So really not far back either. Um, at lap one thirty five, the 20 passes Ryan's P six. So now you've got all four of the Gibbs cars up in the top five. Um, lap 139, we get a caution for lightning, and um, then we get uh, rain on this too. And uh, I got a note here: the race will resume. It says 10, they were trying for 10 p.m. Eastern here because of based on uh, which would be nine o'clock their time, and they've got a curfew there. I think it, they said it was like noon, or midnight, or 1 a.m. They had to be done by. So they knew if they drive the track by a certain hour. And with the number of laps they had left, but they were actually only 10 laps short of halfway. So it's another interesting little thing of a lot of people like, well, if they would have just started earlier. Yeah. If they would have started earlier, this would have been the end of the race. Yeah. I'd heard a lot <laughs> of things. I heard about that initial, um, they, people went all the way back to the initial caution where they, they threw for Josh Balicki and the 77 car that are like um, that people's, compared to because of the caution or the the non-call on a caution that happens at the end of this race they're saying was way worse than what uh happened with balicki early on they're like oh if they just don't call that caution the race probably would have been done they could have they most likely would have called it at that point so um i'm glad that they didn't and i'm glad that we did i mean it did go pretty late into the night here um but i'm glad they were able to keep going yeah this um you know (laughs) it's really eventful if you can stay up late you know um, so we do get, uh, you have to follow Twitter. That's the other thing. Cause things change from this network to that network. Um, 
we're watching law and order svu and then all of a sudden you know we missed the ending dunk dung, you know and uh right to the race um but i had already had on the audio so i knew that josh was counting down like two minutes to the cars and all that stuff so um they go ahead and stay out um a few people do pit and for the restart, the leader of the 11 takes the top. Ryan takes the bottom. He's in fourth at this point because a couple of cars in front of him did pit. Uh, we restart lap 151, and he sorts out to fourth place at this point. Um, lap 153, the 19 passes the 11. So they swap the lead back and forth a couple of times. Um, Ryan is still running fourth at this point. But if you look at the lineup, it's the 11, the 19, the 18, Ryan in fourth, and then the 45 now is in fifth. So, like I said, all the Toyotas are all right there, and he's the only Ford, and there's no Chevy to be found at this point either. Uh, lap 160, he's 1 1.2 back of third place, which is the 18 car, and 2.5 back of the leader. So, once again, fourth place is not that far back. You know, if you can get some good laps together, maybe somebody bobbles. Um, lap 168, the 45 passes, so now he's back to fifth at um, lap uh, 171 we have the i think the the 19 actually takes the lead at this point and then the one passes ryan so ryan's in sixth and at lap 173 here comes the nine car um and it, he really this rain delay actually helped them totally they end up being the fastest car at this point and the rest of the night uh ryan's back to seventh here and he's talking about no rotation on the throttle um and at lap 178 the five passes ryan's back to eighth so the end of stage two um he does get passed by one more car here he ends up ninth with the 19 winning stage two um yeah the four was actually the a car passed him on the last lap so it went from eighth to ninth once again got a stage point or two uh by the end of stage but definitely you saw some coming and going based on what happened with the weather the track conditions the washing off of the rubber cooling off of the of the track um and how quickly some of these teams were able to adjust to it. Um, you know, their setups were, you know, the nine car setup was definitely better for the cooler conditions. Uh, so Ryan's talking about being too tight. He's got to free it up. Um, and I guess it says like we talked about. So definitely while they were in that delay, they talked about what they were going to have to do to the car. Um, and Jonathan asks him to give him a number. Ryan says two. So I, like I said, I'm not sure they do that every once in a while with these numbers, like half, and they'll say one or two. So I'm not sure how much if they're talking about rounds of wedge or, or whatnot, but uh, they they definitely have a system between the two of them uh, of what it means um, for their adjustment. Uh, they're pitting in ninth, and something happens there, and they have a problem on the left side. And uh, once again, uh, I'm going to refer everybody <laughs> once again. There's a podcast called Stacking Pennies. It usually comes out somewhere Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Um, but Ryan's uh, front tire changer, Ryan Flores, is on there. And uh, I'm sure they'll ask him. I'm sure I'll explain it. I'm, I'm not going to dive into it too much anymore since there's somebody who's actually, you know, we'll talk about it each week. So as we um, usually say, unfortunate what happened because yeah. it wasn't just a couple of spots here. It was a yeah. you know, dozen or so. And yeah, man, uh, that, um, yeah, that kind of just, uh, he was already having a little bit of a handling issue here, lost several spots on the track. And then, yeah, to lose all that on pit road too, is just, uh, as we always say, no really other way to describe it, but unfortunate. Yeah. And, uh, 
and it's it's been a while too i mean it's been several weeks since they've had an incident like this um yeah since i think they had a jack problem a a few weeks ago where if there's a problem with the jack so yeah i'm not sure not sure what happened yeah so jonathan uh comes on and tells him they put the air back in the right rear and one round of wedge um ends up being 26 for the choose cone here uh, the leader 19 takes top ryan takes the top um the restart lap 192 and within the first lap he's passed three or four cars he's already up to 21st um lap 193 up to 20th Let's see here one four nine five ninety six he's back to 18th by uh lap 195 um do we get a caution at lap 205 for ryan Spins it out here. Um, they say that maybe somebody swung too big on the last stop. Maybe they got it too loose. Um, what's great is he does not really back it up. I mean, I think he bumps the wall a little bit here, but doesn't really yeah. like, do do any damage. Um, they're still in the lead lap. Uh, they, don't, they don't lose the lap or nothing. Um, so they come in, they can pit. Um, and I think he, after the race and then possibly during it, he, he just said he's driving too he said he was driving too hard. He got, he was trying to make up uh, for the positions that they lost. And um, it just got, he got loose and, and just kind of lost the car, but not enough to end the day, which was really good to see. He just kind of scuffed up that, that rear end of the car. Yeah. So um, we do end up with a restart lap 209 here. The 18 is the leading at this point, taking the top. Ryan takes the top. Um, Ryan was 25th on that restart, but within a lap or two, he's up to 23rd. Um, lap. 211 is up to 22nd by lap 213 is up to 20th um lap 217 he says it's too tight now so they've swung the other direction a little bit um but in the next let's see five six seven eight nine ten laps by lap 240 he's up to 17th uh lap 246 the nine takes the lead at this point and ryan is in 16th and um lap 248 we get uh, some green flag pitting and this is where the fun happens um tire fall off is not huge here um when it is huge you want to pit before everybody else because if it's two seconds a lap faster for for fresh tires and you get in there two three laps before somebody and you make up six eight seconds of ground and you get a better pit stop than some people um you make up three four five six seven spots sometimes if you do it right like I said, the tire fall off was not that huge. So what they decided is uh, what they call go long. And um, this really with the new pit stop problems that everybody's having works perfectly. Um, at lap 260, 12 laps later, they still have not pitted yet up to P5 at this point. And I honestly, I'm, you know, anytime, you know, I think Paul Wolf, Joey Logano's crew chief does this a lot. And I think he did. Did he do it with, with this, this sequence as I well? Um, I think he ended up being one of them. Yes. Yeah. So um, Jeremy Bullins also, I mean, it's, it's a Penske thing. Sometimes they'll, they'll try this strategy just to try to put your, you got to do something, you got to do something different than what everybody else is doing. And I'm like, man, this almost never works out. And um, <laughs> I am so glad I was wrong. It is uh, the 17 car. And, and there's a lot of controversy about this too, because I don't want to say conspiracy theory things, but, I, there's no way NASCAR wants to have a, a caution during this, during a green flag cycle, because this is what happens. Um, the 17 loses that wheel. It goes rolling around. It took them a good 20 seconds, 30 seconds before they called a caution. And that wheel was rolling down the front stretch. The, 
Maybe the flag man couldn't see it. I don't know. They're saying some different things I've heard already, you know, listening to other podcasts, trying to get a little more information from other people. And a lot of spotters were mad. They saw it and they thought it was definitely dangerous. And what happens if one of the guys hits that thing at speed and gets it up in the air? You know, we we really don't need that. Um, But what's great about this is the 45 was leading. Ryan was second at this point when, and um, only seven cars that uh, had pitted already had gotten back to the lead lap. So they were going to have, you know, even if they pit and those cars stay out, they were going to be in the top 10 at this point, which is what happens. And the 22 car, like you said, I think the 22 car comes in and when they pit, they took two tires because they jumped up there. Um, but Ryan Pitts, since, you know, second comes out third, um, when it all sorts out with those other cars coming back to the, to the front, when they don't pit, uh, the 18 car takes the top. He's the leader. Now Ryan's in ninth at this point, and he takes the top. So we restart lap 261. Uh, he settles back to 12th at this point and the nine had taken the lead and at lap 266, he passes the 22 gets to 11th at lap 270 he passes the two gets to 10th up to lap 272. He gets, uh, passes the six and gets to ninth. So everything that happened, bad pit stop spinning out, we're in the top 10 and you know, we're 25 laps from the end of the race. So, and I was totally happy. I was like, all right, amazing rebound. We're going to get some good points here. Mm-hmm. Going to click right. off another top 10 for the year. Got state, uh, I got was stage, you got the stage points from both stages, you know, that this is going to be a good race. And then we get a caution at lap 290 for the 77 car. And here I was worried um, because the restarts, Ryan's restarts all race long um, for the most part, except for that one where you did get to challenge for the lead there with Truex for a little bit, uh, weren't that stellar. So I was like, oh man, this is going to shuffle us back. Something weird is going to happen. People are going to be, you know, real, take some huge risks here and we're going to get shuffled back to like the top 15. Yeah. Um, The, uh, the fun part about this is that's the call. Jonathan, uh, we talked earlier about Jonathan going long. Now Jonathan makes the call body armor and uh, they may have to change the code word because everybody knows what this means. They're staying out. And uh, the nine, the 45, the 12, the five, the two, the 22, the six, the 20, the four, 41, the 23 all stayed out. So there's literally like seven cars behind Ryan stay out, but cars in front of them pitted. And the Toyotas were some of the ones that pitted and it's just like crazy. What, what, what you guys were the fastest cars yeah. and you, and, and once again, we know the tire fall off is not that good. They were hoping, I guess, that everybody came with them. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, man, for them to dominate nearly the entire race, except for the last, you know, 30 laps or so. Yeah. And, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. When we get you to win the some, you lose some, I guess. Yeah. When we get to the choose going, the 18 car took two tires. So he was the first one off pit road. He lines up 12th on the restart. That's with two tires, not even the benefit of four. Four, Right. And it does not work out for him. Now on the radio, um, you know, Josh, uh, Ryan talk about, you know, Josh has says something about, uh, nine's probably gonna take the top. Ryan goes, yeah. Um, so they know exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> And sure enough, the Ryan, uh, Ryan takes the top behind him, uh, with the, uh, 45 on the inside at the bottom and Ryan does push the nine out to the lead. Um, they actually say, make a statement. He asked, uh, uh, 
Josh asks him if he wants him to wave him, you know, which is, I remember something they did at, um, at uh, Michigan years ago and on a restart where, where Chase was in front of Ryan and Chase would wave him, let him know when he was going to go or when I got Ryan says, no, don't do it. Cause you don't want to let Kurt Bush know what's going on. So they just timed it up really well. He got the good push, got him out there. Now Kurt got a pretty good start on the inside. So Kurt of course gets himself into second. Ryan ends up in third at this point. Um, and this was a two ninety six. I only had a couple laps to go sorts himself out to third there. The nine does win and Ryan takes the checker flag and uh, third position. So really, really good finish to, you know, if you were at 11 o'clock at night watching this thinking, oh, this is going to be a bad night, yep. but by midnight, Hey, we'll take third place any day of the week. You know, I mean, you know, a win is what you ultimately want, but when you go through what you went through as the night happened, uh, these guys showed a lot of fight. And, uh, man, Jonathan made, like I said, made two excellent calls, um, staying out, uh, really, really can't figure out what the heck the Toyota guys were thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you hear about these guys have a command center where they get these pit calls from that tell them what to do in these situations, you know, like a cheat card kind of a thing. And I can't, I can't see what the Toyotas were all thinking because the rest of the field is like, we're staying out. You know, Ryan gets that restart. Let's say everybody stays out. Ryan restarts ninth. He picks high, low, whatever he figures out to do based on everybody else in front of him. Um, you're hoping for two, two or three more restarts. You're hoping that wreck happens. You miss yeah. one or two of the guys. You don't get in the wreck. You pass two or three guys, you know, but to just drop out of there and not be part of it to begin with um, and let other guys get in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't quite get that, but I'll take it. You yeah. Know. It's one of those things where I did not expect this. Like you mentioned the, you know, if you had just been watching the race, you know, just an hour before that or so you'd be totally confused. And we did see that on the, our discord race chat. I was uh, scrolling back through some of that. And there were some people that popped in, you know, like half hour after the race was over or the next morning. And they're like, what the, what the heck happened? The last, you know, I tuned out, you know, just after, you know, they lost all those spots on pit road. How the heck did he finish third? And it's just one of those things you just, you never know what's going to happen. Now that's not always going to happen. So you can't always just get your hopes up. You know, the, the running long on, on the pit strategy doesn't always work. Sometimes it goes real bad and you end up a lap down. Um, but in this case, all the dominoes after the spin, every domino after that fell, in favor of the 12 team. Um, and they got to come out of here again. I think what they finished in the top five of the first stage, ninth in the second stage, finished top five for the race, getting some really valuable points and stage points and uh, just setting things up again, really nicely just to get that, that one victory they need to pretty much clinch a playoff spot. What's great about it is um, after the pit stop with the bad pit stop, there was nothing really said. And you know, we hear a lot of frustration there. There are other drivers that you definitely heard about during the race that had some problems and, and they gave you their frustrations. And we've heard, we've heard frustrations on the radio this year too. Um, but we're at a point now where, um, they, they didn't have that, you know, he didn't, he didn't do that. And then they put their head down and kept going and did what they had to do and got a result and it's positive, a positive result. So, in future, you know, things that happen, they happen to you. If you put your head down and you keep plugging along, good things are still going to happen if you keep trying. So, it, you know, it, it just gives you, it just shows you that, that, you know what, 
yeah, you can be a little frustrated. Yeah. You could maybe verbalize something, but the truth is, is you got to keep, put your head down and try your best to get what you can out of it. And they really, really did. They all maximized everything they could, you know, Ryan, you know, gave that great push on that final restart. Sure. Does he want to pass chase at some point? Yes. You know, he was hoping, but at that point it's only four laps. Somebody's going to have to wiggle, make a mistake. Maybe Kurt Busch gets into him. I mean, that's um, what I was hoping for. I was, I was hoping and Kurt, I think even after the race has, has said like, you know, man, I wish I would have used, I would, I would have bumped and bang a little bit more there. And I'm like, yeah, I wish you would have too, <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. And Ryan still comes home with a good finish. But, that, but that's the thing you take the night or the day and night as a whole. And, uh, you know, you get third place out of it, you know, it's really, really good. And, uh, the point situation is really, really kind of funky right now. I know everybody's more worried about too many people winning, um, and so on and so forth, but there's, there's some, some bonus points and so forth, depending on where you finish in the top five. Um, I think if you finish second in the top five, it's like 10 bonus points. So like, like if you look at like the playoff lineup right now, Ryan is third place overall in the regular, regular standings. He's only one point behind second place, which is the one car. So passes the one car here. He's like, what is it? 32 points back of, um, of chase. Um, you know, even if he doesn't win a race, it could line up really good for the playoffs. I think they said it was like 10 bonus points if you finish second. So he's it's not out of bonus. reach. It's not out of reach for the one and the nine to stumble a few over yeah. a few races here. And Ryan could still win the regular season championship, which that comes with a boatload of playoff points as well. And, and that's an automatic, you know, thing too. automatic bid. Yeah. Bid. So if, even if he were to win the regular season without a victory, you know, which, you know, it's hard to do, but if it would happen, uh, you know, that's automatic. And like you said, that's automatic bonus points also. So, um, He's already got four stage win bonus points too. So, you know, finishing second in the points and making the playoffs is, is like a, like winning two races to begin with. Um, so yeah, this is all, all stacking up really well, as long as we don't get to that dreaded 16 different winner thing. And he's not one of them kind of things, but, um, otherwise, you know, just keep maximizing these great finishes. Um, it, you know, it's going really well right now. It really is. Yeah, the 12 team is on a good streak here. I think three straight top six finishes. Um, and now we are headed. The NASCAR Cup Series, after a couple of weeks in Sonoma, are headed out to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin to go road course racing once again for the quick trip 250 this Sunday, July 3rd at Road America, a race that you were able to attend last year. I know you had a lot of fun there. And I know there's, you know, about 100,000 plus people expected again there this weekend for the race there. You can catch the race at 3 p.m. Eastern time, switching over to the USA Network. So remember, NBC has taken over. The NBC coverage has taken over. Instead of NBCSN, that is gone. USA is now their secondary channel, and they finished the race this past week on USA. So 3 p.m. Eastern time on USA and on the radio with MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Um, taking a look at Ryan's stats at Road America, and we really only have kind of two stats for him. Uh, last year's finish in the Cup Series race was 20th, and then he also had one Xfinity start there in 2015 where he finished second. So uh, I think he started third, finished second. Um, so those are, those are his two stats at Road America specifically, but if we talk about Ryan and road courses, we say it every time we do a little bit little preview of road course races. Uh, probably one of the most underrated road course drivers uh, in the series, a, 
in 21 starts over his cup career, 12.2 average finish, 12 top tens, five top fives. And he does have that one win in the inaugural uh, Roval race in 2018. Um, His last several starts on road courses have gone fairly decently. And I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. This is a very long road course to begin with. And it's one of those ones where you really hope that aren't too many cautions because that can eat up a lot of time. Um, but can you describe the action that you kind of saw last year and maybe what we can, can expect this year? Yeah, th- this should be really interesting because this car will be totally different too. Uh, this car is supposed to be better suited for road course racing to begin with. Um, a lot of elevation change, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an area there where a lot of fans sit where they'll come out of a, it's literally like a left-hand 90 degree turn and it goes up a hill. Um, winding back through the country a little bit and coming back down the hill and then back up the hill to the start finish line. Um, a nice long straightaway there actually going past that finish line, going all the way down to turn one and turn one is kind of a tight turn. So there's, um, there's areas to pass. Um, there's areas and sections where they can go really fast, um, and, and pick up some good speed. Uh, I don't know. I think they just missed the setup last year more than anything else. I don't think it had anything to do with Ryan per se. I think uh, if I remember right, most of the Penske cars were not very good last year, but like I said, once again, this year is a totally different animal with this car. um, And they've been pretty good so far on road courses with this car. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens this week when they come to qualifying and everything. I mean, yeah, we, we do have a a poll on, on a road course already this year. So um, not saying, but just saying, you know, there's, there's some things there that, that are definitely positive that could uh, go our way. Yeah. Practice is going to happen Saturday morning. Uh, I believe it's probably going to be aired on Peacock again. NBC has all these different properties. Oh. They've been streaming oh. with Peacock. Um, and, and you know what? I think the NBC sports app still works. Might have it too. Yeah. Too. So, you know, there was a lot of complaining about the pre-race, this not here, not there and so on and so forth. And, um, like I said earlier about like, if they were to put every, everybody have their own driver channel that I would just buy that. Um, if you really want it, you'll find it. And the people that are complaining. I understand that you're complaining, but, um, these networks paid a lot of money to own the rights to show the race. And then the way they make their money is off their advertising. And the way the advertising happens is based on how many people are watching and they can tell more about how they're watching off their own streaming service than just putting it on regular air. Um, but the streaming services, I don't Peacock costs so much a month for like the premium, but I don't know. I think the free part of it, I think a lot of this stuff is actually on just the free Peacock. I mean, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure, but, you know, it's, it's there for the taking. You just got to go log onto your phone and, and, and pull it up, you know, or log onto your tablet and pull it up. So, and some of the, um, some of this cable services and stuff, it's actually on your cable service. So, you know, you just got to find it. If you want to see the pre-race, you'll find it. Um, you, you know, USA is always seems to be on all the cable services. So that's not that hard to do, but they're saying that the, the coverage was really good because post-race, they're on Peacock. They're not competing with anything else. They're not trying to get within a time window. So 
Everybody was complaining about Fox not doing a lot of interviews during that first half of the season. Well, now on Peacock, guess what? Turn into Peacock and they'll interview eight, 10 drivers and whoever they can get their hands on. And uh, maybe the guy, you know, carting the tires back to the hauler or something, you know, but they'll, they'll be on for as long as they need to be on. They're yep. not, they're not up against any kind of time window where they have to be done by a certain time because something's coming on. So you know, yeah. that's a good advantage to actually having a streaming service, you know, and for those who were like, well, why, you know, well, you know what? Streaming services are coming to everything. Thursday night football after the first Thursday night game of this year coming up in the NFL is going to be on Amazon streaming. The NFL is doing it. So. You know, yeah, it's one of those things that's going to happen. I don't know that in the next few years they're ever going to go streaming only for any races. It always seems like it's going to be a companion. They did that with Peacock last year. NBC did where they would do a, like a, a multi, a simulcast on Peacock too for people that wanted to just stream. Yeah. Worth noting that I think you mentioned it too. Like if you and Xfinity is a big sponsor of NASCAR, I think if you're an Xfinity subscriber, you can actually get Peacock, one of their premium versions for free with your subscription. So if you're an Xfinity subscriber, you might want to look into that. And then the other thing worth noting, just in general, just about post-race, the big difference between NBC coverage and Fox coverage, you know, Fox always bails out of post-race and that's it. It's over. They might get the, the victory lane interview. They might not, they might get a, a top three driver here and there. Uh, but a lot of times they were signing off as soon as they could to move on to the next programming. Pretty much every race last year, uh, NBC would pitch it over to NBCSN and then they would do a full post-race show. And it was great. I mean, that's one of my favorite things, honestly, for this first half of the season, uh, I've just, as soon as the race is over, I've turned the TV off and switch it over to my Sirius XM app and listen to their post-race coverage. That's always extensive and they pretty much get guarantee they're going to get the top five and, and beyond that. But as you just said, if you are a pretty big fan and you really want to get this coverage, um, you're going to seek it out and find it that way. Um, you keep talking about following Twitter being a really important thing. Twitter is also another place where, you know, Fox and NBC and other uh, reporters out there, like reporters from The Athletic and others, post videos of interviews that they get too. So it might not be the interview you heard on the radio or the interview you saw on TV, uh, but you'll get Ryan talking to a reporter that will post a video on Twitter. And they, for the most part, uh, the drivers say the same types of things. So, um, there's lots of ways that you can get all of that, but definitely going through the rest of this season, you just have to be really familiar with all the NBC properties from NBC itself to the USA network, which is new this season covering NASCAR and the Peacock streaming service. So once again, if you want to catch this race, the quick trip 250 this Sunday, July 3rd at road America, 3 PM Eastern time on the USA network, MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. All right, Steve, I have something to admit. And from what I understand, we might be in the same boat here. Uh, we took the week off from the podcast last week. And man, I took the week off from setting a fantasy lineup, which I think this is the first time in a couple of years this has happened to me. And I did not even realize it until the end of the second stage when it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, I should check my lineup and see if there's anybody I want to swap out of the garage. And then immediately realized, oh, I don't think I ever set a lineup. So yeah, walk of shame for me. And from what I understand, same thing for you. Yeah. Um, the, I did not have any of the bonus picks. Whoops. But on the other hand, I, uh, I had a nice lineup actually. I had, uh, 
they had Denny and Ross and Chase Elliott and uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, so I scored all kind of points at least. Uh, I had Suarez as my my fifth driver, um, but uh, Chase uh, was the number one in points on the day. Denny was number two. Kyle was number four, and Chase Chastain was number six. So who knows what my lineup would have been like if I made the I know. correct bonus picks. Yeah, mine wasn't too bad either. Again, yeah, I missed all the featured matchups because I didn't make those picks, but I had Chase Elliott, the winner. I had Daniel Suarez, who kind of had an up-and-down day. Had Ross Chastain, who got a decent chunk of points. Kurt Busch finished second, got a decent chunk of points. And Kyle Busch, uh, who we didn't mention, you know, from the, the race recap, how he took those those that two-tire stop at the end and ended up getting caught behind, I think, the Keselowski and whoever else kind of got in that mini crash at the end of the race. And Kyle, I think, hit the wall. <laughs> So they said, well, his they day said ended up pretty bad. Something about in his anger, he decided his, to rim, yeah, rim, <laughs> rim, rim ride the wall all the way around the last lap. And uh, yeah, yeah. Then he got to three and four and just slapping the wall basically. So anyway, yeah. So I had him as a starter and I had Ryan in the garage. And so he, Ryan would have been the one that I could have pulled out of here though. I probably at that time wasn't going to do that. Um, so unfortunately for me, um, I had a decent starting lineup, but did not get any of the featured matchups. So, um, so we can just jump into uh, taking a look at the uh, most points earned in the Team Blady NASCAR Fantasy Live League this past week with the race at Nashville Super Speedway. We'll go through the top 10 here. Um, member of the Discord chat that's always very proud and that he's uh, won points earned a, a few times this year already. Cool guy 2K with 252 points earns the most points this week at Nashville Super Speedway. And second, Bulldog 0277 with 242. And third, NASCAR Nut 12, 238. And fourth, Frygal 12, 236. Also tied for fourth, JD Racing and the Prime Minister 3 and Glitterbugs, all with 236 points. In eighth, Blaniac 10, 234 points. Tied for ninth, we have Math Mom 4 and Factory of Sadness with 233 points. And that pretty much rounds out our top 10 with all of those people tied in those various positions. Um, with our issues here, Steve, you finished 37th overall with 200 points because, again, you had a pretty stout lineup there. Um, so you're only 52 points off the lead without having any of those extra matchups. And I ended up in the 47th position, 176 points. So honestly, we did fairly well uh, for forgetting to set our lineups. Um, let's jump back to the overall league standings here in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. In the first position now with 3,238 points, it's Fry Gal 12. In second, we have Math Mom 4 with 3,237 points. And third, the Dalai Lama for 3,217 points. Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing has tumbled down the standings a little bit here to fourth with 3,183 points. And fifth, Bulldog 0277, 3,180 points. Sixth, Eric D15, 3,165 points. Seventh, Supermod, 3,156 points. Eighth, Moose Hunter 1960, 3,153 points. Ninth, we have two Bushes, no Johnsons, 3,151 points. Rounding out the top 10 in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League after Nashville Super Speedway is Blaney Kicks. Beep! 3,139 points. I made a big deal out of me finally supplanting you in the standings, um, but you take the lead back again uh, when it comes to our podcast uh, fantasy rivalry here. You are in the 25th position, 2,962 points, and I am the 27th position, 2,951 points. So 
Uh, you've leapfrogged me a little bit there, just about with 10 points and uh, still plenty of races to go here before we hit the playoffs here and just a fantasy live league and plenty of races to go to the end of the season. Let's pick some road course ringers this week. What do you think? <laughs> I know you're always heavy on the Almondinger. Almondinger. Um, Chase Elliott won, uh, won the race last year at Road America, coming off this win here. So a lot of people buy into the big momentum that you can get. Daniel Suarez won his first race at Sonoma. Uh, Ross Chastain, his teammate's been strong there. Um, Kyle Larson, um, man, he's uh, someone I heard someone describing him as coming back down to earth this season. Uh, you know, you know, one's what nine or 10 races last year. He's only got one win this year and they've struggled a little bit. I think he did finish in the top five or top 10 this past week, but um, maybe this is the time Kyle Larson comes back to life here, roars back to life. I'm not sure, but for me, Chase Elliott's probably going to stay in the lineup. Ryan's probably going to stay in the garage because he performs pretty well. As we said on road courses, Suarez might stay in my lineup too. Um, he was really strong at Coda uh, until he had an issue, obviously wins at Sonoma, I have no reason to believe that he won't be in contention there. So I'm thinking at least Chase Elliott, Suarez, and I don't know, Denny Hamlin sometimes peeks into there. Austin Sendrick yep. would be a good one at this point too. Uh, you know, he's definitely a road course guy. Um, yeah, Kurt Busch, uh, you know, and you know, truthfully, Toyota, Toyota, Toyota. I mean, even, even Bubba, uh, you know, who doesn't necessarily like road courses. He practices hard at these things. And if they've got the speed, that's the interesting part about most of these guys right now, uh, even though they're not necessarily road course ringers, if they've got the speed, they show the speed. So yeah, it qualifying practice qualifying be really interesting uh, this, this weekend before I set my lineup. The key is setting the lineup though. So we, yeah, yeah, I might yeah. need to get in there and just do Somebody, it, uh, preliminarily set, and then wait again, change it on Saturday. Yeah. Set an alarm right now for myself. I, I put it on my calendar right here <laughs> on my calendar. Um, so that pretty much wraps things up for the most part, but there is one other thing to mention, and this kind of came about over the off week here yeah. in that the Ryan Blaney family foundation, you know, who we, you know, are big supporters of, and you as Blaney fans should also be big supporters of they've got this fan pack together for the Brickyard uh, road course race coming up. Um, that's Alzheimer's awareness themed. And it's kind of a really uh, amazing package where it's $75 per person. Uh, Steve, if you're watching the, the podcast here, Steve has the details up on his screen, uh, but you get a reserve seat, you get a limited edition uh, Alzheimer's awareness, Ryan Blaney family foundation shirt, uh, that has uh, that logo on the front. It has a 12, a big number 12 and Blaney on the back. You get a cooling towel that also features that logo. There's a Q&A with Ryan that happens when you're there on race day. Um, and again, $75 per person. A portion of the proceeds goes to help uh, support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Um, already know several Blaney fans that have already uh, from, you know, that followers of team Blaney have taken up this offer. And I think it's a, a pretty great offer because when you consider the t-shirt, the Q and a session, the schooling towel, uh, plus your ticket to the race, $75, I think is a steal. And it's another great way to go out there and support the foundation. Yeah, we're, um, we're going, um, we've got our, our group together, uh, and, uh, Jerry and Kirsten are going, our, our friends that uh, came with us to the outing. And it, what's cool about it is it looks like all the seats are together too. So 
go ahead and sit with some more Blaney fans and, and it'd be really cool. I think, well, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to send the shirts ahead of time or not. Um, but if they give them to us that day, that's awesome. Cause we'll all be, uh, we'll all have the shirts and maybe we'll all put them on together and uh, be sitting down that section all together. Be really cool to see everybody, uh, wearing the purple, um, all together that day. So and you never know who you'll meet. Um, I know we've, Steve and I have met a lot of people, uh, through this podcast and through us, through our social media efforts, um, we've gained some friends. Steve and I became friends in the first place uh, from just, you know, uh, meeting together as fans of Dave in the past at, at events. So um, you never know who you meet. Steve, you know, uh, Team Mez, there wouldn't be a Team Mez right now <laughs> without <laughs> uh, some Blaney fans meeting out at, at the racetrack. So you never know who you'll meet. And um, again, this is just a great way to support the foundation. You can find out more about this ticket offer on um, pretty much on Ryan has retweeted this on Twitter. Our, our account has shared it. The Ryan Blaney family foundation, social media accounts from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook have all shared information on how you can take part in this ticket package. Um, one more thing while we're, while we're talking about, you know, uh, people that we meet and have met, uh, you know, if you've got um, flow racing, and you're catching this podcast early enough on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, um, as you can see on the screen there, our, our good friend Josh Williams will be uh, running um, on the Smart Modified Tour. Uh, That's right. Josh Williams, the spotter. The spotter. Taking over the driver's seat. That's right. In, in a modified, in an asphalt in modified. modified. Really looking forward um, to this one. This, uh, it's uh, the, what they call it, the Smart Modified Tour. It's going to be on Flow Racing. Um, it's really, really cool here. Uh, Bobby Labonte actually runs in this series and, uh, you know, I, you know, I was clued into it. Uh, Josh actually posted something here and there about it last week or two. And, uh, I'm really excited actually, cause he ran a race last year. Uh, it's a car that I believe is, uh, something to do with his dad and, and, and some friends of theirs. And, uh, he gets a chance to run it every once in a while. Um, so, uh, if you do get a chance and you're catching this Wednesday uh, morning or something like that, uh, Wednesday night, uh, I think eight o'clock, does that sound right to you? That sounds about right. At what's yeah. Caraway Speedway. Yeah. Low racing and Josh, you know, he's been around racing his entire life. We've, you know, we've had some in-depth interviews with him before. Um, he's also a pretty prolific eye racer as yeah. well he won one of those races during the pandemic that was on tv that was mm -hmm. televised too and uh, has a trophy to prove yeah. it <laughs> so yeah. um it's really cool to get him to see him get another opportunity uh at least the second time that we know of in, in one of these asphalt modifieds and um it's going to be some must-see tv for those of us that have flow racing yeah we um uh, we got uh, you know i can't wait to see like i guess i he pretty excited about it getting to talk to him here and there about it and uh you know, uh, he says, uh, tune in and see if he falls out of the seat. You know, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's the over, there's an over under on what lap he's going to actually fall out of the seat, but, uh, no, actually I'd be excited to see, and hopefully he has a good night and has a good time doing it. That that's the, that's the best part. Um, you know, he's got you know certain expectations I'm sure. Cause he's a competitive person. Um, but, uh, it, it's just going to be fun to see, uh, him actually having a, a night to enjoy himself doing something he loves. Absolutely. So good luck to Josh Williams in that race with the smart modified tour. 
Um, but yeah, thank you everyone once again for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, check out our debut episode from our very first season that dives deep into how we both became fans of the Blaney Racing family. You can interact with us on Twitter and Facebook at Team Blaney and on Instagram at team.blaney. And finally, we've already mentioned them once, but worth noting again, we encourage you to help support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, this organization that's championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on all of their very active social media channels. So for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.